I'm Kyle Northcutt. Welcome to the Kids Learn Career Show. Each week I ask a different person about their job so you can know what your options are around the world. My guest today is Trey Hankins, the Chief Financial Officer of Hankins, Inc., a lumber company joining me from Ripley, Mississippi. Trey, welcome to the show. Thanks, Kyle. I'm excited to be here. Well, thanks for being here. So first off, can you tell me a bit about what it's like to be a CFO and what kinds of things you actually do at work and what other positions or roles have you done over the years at Hank and Zinc? Sure. I have the name financial in my title. As you can guess, it has a lot to do with money. So some of the stuff I do involves making sure that we pay all of our vendors on time that we need to pay. I need to make sure that our customers are paying us on time as well. I talk to our banks a lot. So anything having to do with our bank accounts or any loans that we have, I manage those. Um, I also turn out our financial statements every month. So those are the documents that tell our owners and anybody else who needs to know how well we're doing. Um, And then I work closely with our accountant. So, so they are people outside of our company who come in at the end of the year and double check all the stuff that we've done, keeping the books, and then they officially say how well we did in the year. So what that means most days is a whole lot of math, uh, a whole lot of spreadsheets, a lot of reports and that kind of stuff. And of course, like most jobs these days, a lot of emails and all that kind of stuff. The different jobs that I've done at Hankins Incorporated, uh, I joined the company in 2005, and I came in as a business analyst. That's probably the best way to to say it, Uh, meaning that I came in uh, doing lots of those spreadsheets and charts and graphs that help provide a picture of how well the company's doing and how to look at the things that might need to be improved. Uh, and then gradually from there, I got more and more into the management side of, you know, taking a step back and figuring out how to make the financial picture of the company better overall. And so there was this kind of natural progression where I added more and more accounting knowledge. And we'll talk about this, I'm sure, in a little bit. I don't actually have an accounting degree. So you kind of add that learning along the way to the point where you can then look at the whole financial picture, the whole money picture of the company. Interesting. So what actually actually happens did they at a lumber company? Well, there's a lot of other stuff that uh, most people probably would find a lot more interesting than my job that happens at a lumber company. So we are a sawmill, which means that log trucks come in, you know, the big, big log trucks you see on highways, they come in and then the log gets turned into lumber, the stuff that you'd say build a house with. So there's a lot of manufacturing plants that take the log, strip the bark off, saw it up, and do all the other things that we do to it to make it so you could basically sell it as the house. So it's a lot of really super cool stuff that um, involves a lot of cool equipment and things like that that I don't even have to do anything with during the day, which is kind of sad. Um, So that's a lot of the stuff that goes on. But we have lots of trucks coming in, in and out, and we have folks who make sure that that all happens like it's supposed to. Um, we have salesmen who it's their job to sell the lumber to people, and we sell truckloads of lumber. So um, instead of 
people who go to Home Depot or Lowe's to buy lumber, you know, a few pieces to do something at home. We sell it to the people who then sell it to the people who then sell it to the people who buy it. <laughs> so, so it gets a little complicated, um, but we sell big truckfuls of lumber to two other companies. And so we have salesmen that do that. So there's a lot of moving parts. Um, it, when I was little, it was like looking at uh, Discovery Channel, how, did, how is it made kind of special all the time, which is pretty cool. Yeah, so I know this is your family's business. So can you tell me a bit about how it started and how it has grown to be what it is today? Yeah, so I am a fourth generation person in my family in the lumber business. Um, we started with sawmills uh, when it was my great-grandfather. And he built a sawmill um, and then started really small and grew it and grew it and grew it. And then when it got down to my dad and my uncles, at that point, you can imagine how a family business works. With each next generation, there's more people involved because a person has kids and then they have kids. And by the time it got to my dad's generation, there were just so many people that our side of the family decided that we wanted to go do our own thing business-wise. And so we moved and bought a sawmill. Uh, that's about two hours away from our family's original sawmill. And that was in 1988. So we moved, I was seven years old at the time. And, and then they started doing their thing there. And that's where we live now. And now it's down to my generation. I have one cousin who works with me uh, and everybody else, of course, at the company. But that's, that's where we are. So how long have you been a CFO? And when, did, when you started at Hankins, Inc., did you know you wanted to work towards the CFO role? Well, I became CFO about 10 years ago. And... The short answer is no. I did not know exactly where I would end up. Because it's a family business, <clears throat> there's a lot of opportunities to do a lot of different things if you want to. Um, and then you figure out where you're a best fit for. And so the financial stuff is where I ended up. But I didn't really know that's where I was going to land when it all began. As a matter of fact, when I went to college, I wasn't even planning to come all the way back home to work in the family business. I was going to go move to a really city and make billions of dollars and live fancy life and all that kind of stuff. And as things turned out, I'm now back in my hometown of 6,000 people. Uh, and I love my job. And I would have never known that when I was in college, for sure. So what do you like most and least about your job? Let's see. I think in terms of what I like most, it has to do with the variety of what I do. Even though I have this narrow lane, finance or accounting that I work in, there's a lot of things that I get to do within that job. Um, there is, you know, times when I will work a lot in spreadsheets. There are times when I will do a little bit of computer programming to get data out of these databases that we have. All of our softwares have data that you can get out and, and learn things from. And so there's a little bit of programming that happens there. Um, there's a lot of interactions with people. Um, once you get up to the CFO level, you're not just doing 
the dollars and cents stuff, you're also talking to other people about how the financial stuff helps steer the company and, and what we're going to do. So I talk a lot with bank people and accounting people and, and other stuff like that. So it's, it's a wide range of stuff that you get to do, even in this one little numbersy field. So I like that the most. Um, the thing that I like the least is probably the fact that accounting a lot of times is a little bit removed from the main thing that the company does. So for my job, even though I have a lot of things I do, it all takes place pretty much in my office. And the people that work around me are also accounting type people. Um, but like we talked about earlier, the sawmill is super cool. And there's a lot of cool stuff that happens out there. And it would be a lot of fun to be able to work out in the sawmill where you can interact with all that stuff. And I don't get to do that. So sometimes, you know, you're sitting there in the air conditioning, which is nice on really hot summer days, but you can see all the fun stuff happening out the window and you're like, oh, it'd be fun to be out there. But there are trade-offs uh, with everything in life. So it's, a, it's, a, it's an okay trade-off. Hmm. So what level of education do you have and was that required for your job? Yeah, that's an interesting question for me because my degree uh, is in engineering. So I have a bachelor's degree in chemical engineering, which is not at all related to the work that I actually do. Um, thank goodness engineering involves a lot of math uh, and a lot of science and problem solving uh, because I use especially the math and the problem solving in what I do. But people generally don't go and get an engineering degree and then end up being a CFO. That's usually not how it works. So was that required for my job? No. Um, but what is required is a really good knowledge of math and, and problem solving too. So those are skills that I'm using a lot. Um, but I, I took a, an unusual path to get to the job that I have today. Hmm. So how much money would someone starting out as a CFO expect to make? Well, it would probably be a little odd if you started out as a CFO. That's generally not how it works. So um, usually someone who ends up as a CFO will have started as either a business analyst like I did or as an accountant. So that would involve a degree either in accounting or in finance and banking, stuff like that, numbers type jobs. Um, as far as how much you can expect to make starting out in those jobs, it depends on where you live. Um, but I would say you would start out somewhere in the 50 to $60,000 a year mark. Um, that's based on what I know here in Mississippi. In larger cities, it may be more. And then as you grow in, in the job, the sky is pretty much the limit. Um, I, you know, I'm a CFO of a very small company. So, uh, you know, I, I fortunately, you know, can pay my bills and everything. But it's not the same as someone who's a CFO of a big, big, big corporation. There's opportunities there for people to make lots and lots of money. If, um, if say you were the CFO of Walmart or Amazon or something like that. So what's the long-term salary potential? Oh, there we go. That's that part. Yeah, it, it, um, 
it, it could be almost anything depending on the size of the company that you're in. Um, I would say for a small company, if you're a CFO, it would probably be something in the $100,000 range. But again, I, there, there are CFOs of major corporations that make millions and millions of dollars. So that's, that's a unique situation. But, but if, if you are really, really good at taking the money that a company has and turning it into more money, that's obviously very valuable for a company. So if you have that special gift, it can take you a long way in terms of salary. Cool. So how much free time do you have? Like, do you work a traditional 40-hour work week, more or less? I generally have a traditional 40-hour work week. Um, you know, I go in about 8, 8.30 in the morning, and then I come home about 5. Now, that varies a lot if, if I have reporting that's due, then I'll stay late to make sure that gets done, just like most people would do. And, and throughout the year, there are times when I have to stay at the office a little more. But for the most part, yeah, I work Monday through Friday. I generally have all the weekends off, which is really, really nice. Um, and I generally don't have to stay very, very late at work either. Mm. So what advice do you have for young people considering what you do for their job? I think one of the things you have to do is you have, you have to like math. And, and I say like math instead of being good at math because a person can be good at math but still not like it. Um, you, you know, you can say, sure, I can do math, but it's really boring and it's not something that I'd want to do a lot of. If, if you're in that category, this is not the kind of job for you. You have to really enjoy math. And I know that sounds really nerdy, but I am a bit of a nerd, so that's how that works. But, um, but yeah, you have to really like math because that, that does drive a lot of what I do. The other thing you have to be open to doing is communicating comfortably with other people. And lots of jobs are like that. But it's, it's really important because, you know, once you've done your math stuff over here, you then have to take that information you learned and share it with other people whether it's the owners of our company or you have to share it with a bank that you want to get a loan from, or you want to share it with your accountant um, where you have a question about how, how does this look? You've got to be able to communicate effectively. So it, it's balancing those two pieces of the puzzle. That's really the important part of my job is I have to be good enough at the math to come up with good information but then I have to then be able to communicate that with other people so they understand it. And those are the two main things I think that are important for my job. So knowing what you know now, would you have done anything differently growing up? I definitely would have gotten a different degree in college. Um, I did enjoy going to engineering school. Um, it was a really interesting field to study, but when I was a junior in college, I had pretty much figured out that I didn't really want to be an engineer when I got out of school. And so then I had to start thinking about ways to chart a path for myself in terms of a career. And so, yeah, it would have been much easier for me if I had gotten something like an accounting degree or a finance degree in college, because that really fits a lot better with what I'm doing now. Um, 
But having said that, I, I did learn a lot in engineering school and I find ways indirectly to use what I learned um, and it's helpful. And of course, I made a lot of great friends in, in engineering school too that I wouldn't trade for anything. But yeah, that's probably the main thing I would do differently. So what's the best advice you have for young people who want to be successful in life and in their work? The first piece of advice I have is to be really honest with yourself about what you like and what you don't like about school. And, you know, when I was growing up, I remember there were a lot of people that basically said, I'm not good at anything. And there are some people that basically thought they were good at most everything. And they weren't saying that to brag. They were just kind of saying, yeah, I can kind of do all these things. It's fine. But very few people knew the few things that they really liked to do and the few things they really didn't like to do. I think it's important to think about, you know, if you had to choose between, say, math or history, which one do you really enjoy more? So that when it comes time to think about a career, whether it's college or learning a trade or something like that, there's so many options. You need to find a way to narrow it down. And I think that's one of the ways you can do that, because if you don't have an easy way to narrow down all the options, it's so difficult to decide what you might want to study. Um, I mean, that was an issue for me. I knew that I liked math and I knew that I liked science. And so I kind of just chose engineering just because. And I didn't really know a lot about what engineers did. And so I was in for a surprise when I finally had studied enough to learn really what they did in their daily work. And that gets to the second piece of advice I would have is after you've thought about the things you like and you don't like in school, and you've maybe started thinking about the types of jobs that involve the things you like, talk to people who do those jobs, which is exactly what you're doing with this podcast, by the way. But that's exactly what I think helps too, is ask people really what they do with their day. Uh, because you don't want to be surprised when you have already made a choice that you want to study something and you find out it's nothing like what you really thought it would be. So, so good job on the podcast. I, Cause that's definitely a piece of advice I would give. Um, and the last thing I would say is that it's okay to change your plans because I had to change my plans. And when you're a junior in college, you assume that if you stop everything and, maybe change directions that you're just ruining the entire trajectory of your life. You're wasting time and I need to hurry up and get to the finish line so I can start my career so I can start climbing a corporate ladder or something like that. Because that's, that's the kind of stuff that gets into your head when you're in school is you're, you're focusing on checking off these boxes so you can get out of school and start working. When in fact, it's actually not as big a deal as you think when you're that age. Once you get out of school and are in the job that you hopefully love and enjoy, that the time that took you to finally find that path doesn't matter at all. What matters is that you ended up in the place where you're happy, you enjoy the work, and you're not thinking about what ifs all the time. Because take it from me, that's the last thing you want to have rolling around your head every single day when you're in your 30s 
and you have, I don't know, you have all these things that life just starts happening. The last thing you want to do is feel that also the time you're spending at work is not the best time you could be spending. So if you find yourself wanting to change plans, it's okay to do that. Now there's a right and a wrong way to change plans. There, there it's, it's, it's good to be thoughtful about the way that you chart your course so that you're not just meandering on a path without any direction, but, but just know that it's okay. If you want to take a step back and try something else. That was a bit of a long answer, but, but those are the three things that I think are pretty important that I've learned. Awesome. Thanks, Trey. Time for the joke of the day. When do you, what do you get when you cross a turtle with a porcupine? Uh, I don't know. A slow poke. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. Thanks again for joining us on the Kids Learn Career Show. Each, don't forget to subscribe to the show and tell your friends. See you next time.